Hello, I'm Larry Stevenson. Welcome to Let Your Dreams Work, the weekly call where we share how individuals and organizations can harness their dreams to be more, see more, do more, have more, and give more. Dreams are all about your vision. So we've chosen this audio format so you can see your dreams taking place in your own mind as we talk, instead of imposing our vision of how your dreams should look. Tune in, listen with intent, and see yourself living your dreams, and relax into a state where your mind can freely create. If you're listening to this recording after the fact is a podcast episode, please feel free to join us live in the future so you can have your questions answered or send questions to us using the contact form on our website. Call in and URL information can be found in the show notes. Today we're going to discuss labeling and dealing with the motivation windmill. Once again, Windmills are those limitations that arise in our life and their false limitations appearing real. The best way to determine if a, if a limitation you're running into that's undesired is a windmill is try and make a plan to get around it. And the more you make plans with windmills, the less they work. Windmills are irrational, illogical. We gain them usually from our experiences. They may be something from our past that was programmed into us. Sometimes a windmill is also an indicator that we've diverged from a path that we really should be on, thinking that we're on the right path. Everybody encounters the motivation windmill. The motivation windmill is when you are doing something. It may be in your marriage. It may be in your family. It may be in your job. It may be in your business. It may be even in your recreation. And suddenly it's just not making sense anymore. It, It may be not fun anymore. It may be that you just have lost the zest for whatever that is. It may be that you're beginning to doubt whether it's worth it all. And it's hard to be motivated when you doubt that it's worth it. Now, I don't want to confuse, so I need to clarify. Yes, there are times when we are not happy with what we're doing. There are times when we are feeling lost. There are times that we are not excited. There are times when a job is just a drudgery. I remember that I donated two years of my life to go to Brazil on a a Peace Corps-like situation. And it was hard work. There were great joys and I had wonderful experiences. But there were a lot of days where It was just hard work. And one of the memories I have, one of the visions that I have of my time in Brazil, in addition to all the good things, but this was dealing with that motivation, is I can still picture I was wearing a brown saddle shoe. It was a a patent leather and suede leather and a saddle shoe, and it was brown. And I remember vividly this picture of my foot stepping down and this cloud of dust appearing and the shoe was covered in dust because we were on a street that was not paved, not even with cobblestones. And I remember looking at that shoe 
and every force of my will was required to take the next step. I just was that tired. I was that stuck. I was having a motivation problem. Now, motivation problems occur and they can be both real and they can be a windmill. I'm addressing the windmill today, but to clarify, I need you to understand the real. All of us have those times when it's just by a force of will that we will take the next step. It's, it's by a force of commitment and maybe even the love has begun to disappear at that moment that we continue with the marriage. It may be that we are just so not wanting to go to work. And if it's real, you can prepare plans that will get you around it. For example, you may optimize your connection and read a book on marriage problems. You may go to a marriage counselor. You may have uh, lots of different options that you can try and actions that you can take to help resolve that problem in your marriage. It may be on a job when you have that motivation that changing the job will will make a difference. It may be, I, I work with people a lot on job changes, and sometimes I'll say to them, look, I know you're in this job, and I know it's a drudge, and I know you hate it. I want you to change your thinking. From this moment forward, that job that you have is merely paying you to find a better job. Don't worry about, yes, you have to do the work, but you're not stuck there. It is paying you to find something that will pay better and be in a better environment. And it's amazing how that kind of a plan will change that motivation. So there are real motivation limitations, and we can work through those with a plan. We can, we can find ways to deal with those. I want to talk about, oh, one of the big ones that I want to talk about that's a real limitation is many times we begin to lose our motivation because we've lost track of where we were going. This happens a lot with entrepreneurs and their business. It happens a lot with people who are trying to start a business. It happens in a lot of different ways. And, the, and they start their business moving in one direction, and they start it because they want to accomplish a certain thing. Um, but we have to remember that Michael Gerber, in his wonderful book, E-Myth Revisited, said that um, most entrepreneurs are, quote, technicians having a spasm of entrepreneurship, close quote. Give you an example. Many Contractors are framers, cement masons, electricians who really love doing the electrical work and the framing, but they're having this spasm of owning their own business. And so what they really want to do is be out there framing homes, but they're tied up in trying to get the jobs and printing the estimates and doing the billing and making sure they get paid and ordering all the supplies. And, and that can get confusing. 
I've had this experience where I'm moving forward and I'm really excited and everything is going well and suddenly I find myself, oh man, this is just tedious and I just don't even want to do this. And quite honestly, I ran into it and that's why some podcasts were posted late is I ran into the motivation, but mine was real, not the windmill. Because what I realized is I had gotten sidetracked. The, the thing that I really wanted to do was get the message out to people that they can let their dreams work, that they can find joy and satisfaction and an amazing life through small and great things. And I wanted to get that message out. But in the way I'd gotten confused and I had started focusing on these podcasts and online systems and social media, and I forgot that part of who I am is I'm an extrovert. I needed to be in front of an audience. And Zoom just had, I, I had Zoom fatigue as the speaker, as the facilitator. And so I've decided that I am just going to go out and speak. If, if you've got a group of 15 to 1,000 people, I'll be happy to come out and speak to your group. Just let me know, because I've got to get in front of an audience. And it's amazing. As soon as I began to redirect myself to what my dream really was and not what I was allowing it to drift into, my motivation came back. I realized I really do want to get this message out in any way possible, but I do have to have some personal contact. A microphone just does not give me enough zest to do this. And so mine was a real motivation problem that I was able to solve with a plan on how to do it. You can come up with plans for your motivation. When they work and you find that motivation coming back, that zest, that zeal, that love of what you do, then you know that your, win, your limitation of motivation was real. However, many times motivation can become a windmill. It's a false limitation appearing real. Let me give you some examples. Um, many people have had experiences in their life where as they begin to move forward, as they begin to make progress, problems arise, challenges arise, disasters occur. And when that happens over and over in your life, you develop, I just don't want to ever try anything because it always blows up in my face. Let me give you an example. When I graduated from college, I had enrolled to go to graduate school at USC, University of Southern California, in public administration. My goal was to become a city manager. And so I moved to Southern California. I even got myself a job as an assistant to the assistant city manager. And everything was going well, except they told me I couldn't start my job until after an election in June. Now, I graduated in April. So I had this eight weeks. I couldn't start the job. And the problem was there was this tax initiative on the ballot 
Proposition 13, and that if it passed, it was going to slash property taxes and create a literally a depression in the public administration industry. Jobs would disappear. So I thought, okay, I'm still going to go for it. And I moved to Southern California and the bill passed and suddenly my job was gone. I had to find a whole new career path, uh, not a total career path at that time, but I knew this is not looking good. This is going to generate. And it did a 10 year recession in all public administration jobs. Cities were having to just slash their budgets, laying people off. And it was not a good time to go into public administration. And I started my classes and I had gone a year and a half and I just wasn't enjoying it. And part of it was I was paying a really high fee for the University of Southern California experience. They had a great reputation and they had the lock on public administration jobs in California. But what I found was that I would go into each class and the first class, the professor that I had signed up for because of their writing and their research and thing, they would teach the first class. And then they would turn every, all the rest of the classes over to the students to teach. And they'd only take 20 minutes at the end of each class. And after a year and a half of this, I realize I'm paying this huge tuition and I'm not getting the education from the professors I thought that I was going to get. And so I dropped out of school. I realized, A, this isn't preparing me for a career that's going to have any options for the next 10 years. I'm not really learning as much as I was hoping to learn. And I was starting a young family and paying a fortune to SC. And I love SC. Don't get me wrong. I am a Trojan but I dropped out and I began to understand what I really wanted to do even better. And a couple of years later, I decided, okay, I'm ready to go back to school. I'm not going to go to SC. I'm going to get a master's program, but I'm going to go to a school that has a good reputation, but it's a lot less expensive. And I remember the day that I reached out to get the admissions packet I got a job promotion that would have me on the road three weeks out of the month. And this was not a remote class. I, I, I would have loved if I could have taken the classes in the hotels I was having to stay in while I was on the road. And so I didn't apply. Then I got the hang of it and I figured I had that job down. And about two years later, I said, okay, I'm going to apply again. And I sent for the job, for the career pack, the, the application packet. And literally before it came, I got an interview for another promotion. And this promotion moved me from California to Utah. And I said, okay, now is not the time starting a new job. And now is not the time to do this. And so I stopped applying. Well, lo and behold, a couple of years later, I'm ready to go back to school. I've got my travel. I'm traveling about one week out of the year and it's domestic travel. And I, I figure I can do this. And so I write in for my uh, application to a new college and 
the day that I requested the packet, my daughter had a blood clot form in her spinal column and left her paralyzed. And for the next two and a half months, I lived every evening, except for Saturday and Sunday, I lived in the hospital with her. It got to the point where my experiences <laughs> told me that, okay, every time I try and get this education, something's going to blow up. So I better not even try. So from about age 36 to 55, I resisted. Every time I'd think about getting a, a graduate degree, I'd just go, oh no, I can't have my life blow up another time. And there were times that I, I literally thought about it and something would happen and my, it turned out I just couldn't go to school. It wasn't until I was 55 years old and I was working in a nonprofit organization, helping people with employment, finding jobs, that one of the people who was volunteering with our organization was the assistant chair of the public administration school at the college in the city I was working in. And she came to me and she said, Larry, you've been talking about this graduate degree and you've been talking about all the reasons you can't do it and it's over. You're going to get a graduate degree. And she literally pulled me into the program. And I, I did it. I, I actually completed the process and I got into the program in August of 2008. Now think about that. What happened in August of 2008 that might impact someone who helps people get jobs. But you see, this time, because I had support, when the recession hit and my job went crazy, I had people who helped me get past the windmill to the point I didn't even recognize till I had graduated what had happened just as I started grad school. I had not realized that once again, something that could have prevented me and limited my motivation to go had happened. But I had a support staff that got me through the windmill. It wasn't that I wasn't feeling it. They got me through it. So this windmill can happen because of experiences we've had that every time we try and do something, something happens. And so our motivation to do that disappears. And one of the biggest solutions when that's why the windmill hits, when the windmill hits and the motivation and you're just going, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've tried everything. I, I thought about getting a new job. I got a new job and it seemed to be perfect. I'm already hating it. And, and it's this windmill of motivation. It, it may be I've decided to do a weekly podcast and I just can't get the motivation to do the podcast. It may be <clears throat> I'm trying to write a book or write articles or I'm trying to learn a new skill or I'm trying to develop a, a new relationship. Um, 
I, I worked with several people in, in a nonprofit capacity with relationships. And there were so many of them who had this situation that um, it was a motivation, but it was also self-defeating. That they would get in a relationship and they would get so far. And when they got to a certain part, they would begin to sabotage the relationship. Now, that's a separate one, but it's very closely related the motivation. Their sabotaging was a way to not have to proceed to the next step that scared them, that they didn't have the motivation to do it. But it was related to their fear that was irrational. Because they could have, they could have found ways to, to work around this. But it kept happening at the same time. It kept happening for the same reasons. That's a motivation. And, and sometimes you have to deal with it irrationally. Sometimes you say, I need my friends. And that's what helped me get out of mine is my friends came to me and I talked to them and I said, I'm having trouble with this motivation. And they started sharing ideas on things to do. And when they hit on the one, they came up with the one and it resonated so much with me. Oh, I just need to start speaking in front of audiences. That helped. They can also help you with the motivation windmill by A, pointing out, oh, it sounds as though you've run into the windmill of motivation. Is that what's happening? And what is it from your past that may be feeding this motivation problem? Is it a fear of failure? Is it, um, it really is not going the right way? Or is it just your past experience leads you that as soon as you start moving in the right direction, something's going to blow up and just having them help you label it can help you then begin to say, okay, that's what it is. I can get around this. I may not solve it because that's the problem with windmills. You may never solve them, but you can come to them, walk around them and move on until they come back and then walk around them again. And this is where your mastermind group can really be a big help and influence in supporting you. This is where sending a text to a friend, maybe even every day that you set up as your accountability partner, who's, who you just text and say, having motivation problems today, and they text back and they say, take a deep breath, close your eyes, go somewhere wonderful in your mind. Now, can you keep that wonderful place in your mind and move forward? It may be that simple. It may be much more difficult. And, and by the way, I want to stress depression is real. And many times it is the physical, mental illness of depression, of despair, that is masquerading, once again, faults as a motivation problem. If that's the case, that's a real limitation. Get therapy maybe medication, work around it. Once again, when, you're, when your motivation limitation is because it's a windmill, it's not 
real, it just feels that way, then find unreal ways around it. Friends helping you can do it. Coming up with uh, meditation. There are some wonderful things that you can do with meditation to get down to your psyche, to begin to change how you think about that, to, to change the irrational, illogical processes and experiences that created the windmill. And meditation can help. And there's some wonderful videos and music backgrounds and YouTube talks on meditation that you can go to to learn more about this. Motivation limitation is a very real situation, but it's also a false limitation appearing real. And you can work around it. You can recognize it, label it, and walk around it. You can get help to help you through it, to come up with nonsensical sometimes ideas on how to do it. Uh, you, can, you can find a way to label it and deal with it in so many different ways. I hope that you, when you run into this motivation limitation, when it's a windmill, that you can find the friends around you, the mastermind group, connect with others, either online or through friends or family, to help you get past that windmill, to say, oh, that's what this is, and move past it. It's one of the key limitations, windmills, that stop people from progressing in life because the motivation, as soon as they get close to that success, the motivation dries up. I hope you can find a way to deal with it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it helps. My name's Larry Stevenson, and what are you going to do this week to let your dreams work?